Hi, it's Pete Norsett here and welcome to the Trade on Sports and uh, Focus on Football uh, Premier Betting Podcast. And as usual, I'm joined by Jimmy Kempton. How are you doing, Jimmy? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Pete. That's a long mouthful of a title, isn't it? Man? Yes, it is really, but uh, we'll get there. We'll have to come up with some sort of uh, funky acronym or something for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, right, so we're starting a new season. Uh, I thought I'd let you tell the listeners what you'll be up to this uh, season, uh, particularly with your uh, newsletter. Yeah, my magazine is going twice weekly now, or bi-weekly, however you want to say it. So it's um, coming out on a Friday, which will be a full preview of all the uh, upcoming football action, both here in the UK and uh, on the continental shores. Um, once the NFL season starts, there's going to be full previews of every NFL game in there as well. And then on a Monday, uh, there's another publication coming out, which is just a bit of a review of the weekend. Uh, look at the betting prices, see where the value was. Could we have spotted anything? Are there any trends we can use moving forward? And then obviously the Monday edition will give full previews of the Monday night football, both the NFL and uh, whatever Sky decide to show, whether it's a big premiership game or Premier League game or whether it's down to the likes of Peterborough and Lincoln in League One, Peter. Yeah, So, uh, and also I believe that you're going to be uh, having a website as well. Yeah, there's just been a, a bit of a website. It's mainly to support the uh, the magazine, but also there's going to be a daily blog on there with lots of free tips and lots of free columns being thrown out to uh, all you interested punters out there. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting and busy season, Pete. Excellent. Uh, here at uh, Trade on Sports, we've got our own uh, football app. Um, you'll be able to get this app on the site, tradeonsports.co.uk, or indeed uh, when Jimmy gets his... Uh, uh, site up, you'll be able to get the application from there. Anyway, uh, let's get on with, uh, we'll do the usual thing. We'll go through each game and, and we may add uh, sort of season tips or whatever as we go through. Let's start with uh, Friday night, Liverpool against Norwich. Uh, recent head-to-heads in the past five seasons, there's been one draw. Liverpool, though, against promoted sides are brilliant. They've won 10, drawn not, lost not, and they've won nine of these matches by two or more, and indeed five by three or more. Promoted sides away at top six sides in the first six games of the season. Not great for Norwich by the looks of it. They've won... The promoted sides have won naught, drawn five, lost 21. They've lost 17 of these 21 losses by uh, two or more goals and 12 by three or more. Here, Liverpool look reasonable value, in my opinion, minus two. I know minus two is quite a, a you know, a, a thing to get over. And uh, they've uh, also kept seven clean sheets in their last 10 home games to promoted sides. I think Liverpool, Liverpool and Manchester City look as though they are a, a, possibly a class above uh, the chasing pack, and I think it's going to be between these two teams again. Yeah, I fully agree, Pete, with, with everything you've said there, really. And um, if you're looking to bat Liverpool on this prohibitive line, I think it's also a good thing this is going to be a standalone game on a Friday night. If this was tucked away three o'clock on a Saturday with, you know, not that many eyeballs on it, then there is the potential for Liverpool to sort of cruise through this game. But it's not going to be the case. Everybody's going to be tuning into this game. Now, I can't really work out where this money's come from because this line opened minus two and a quarter. So somebody's backed Norwich in this spot. And I don't really know why, because as you say, Pete, those stats are really strong. The 10-0-0 record against newly promoted sides. 
the fact that they win so many games to nil now, Liverpool, because you always thought in the old days, it's a bit of a soft underbelly. You could always probably score against them. But now Van Dijk's in there. You know, eight of those 10 games against nearly promoted sides have been one half-time, full-time. So they get the job done early and then carry it through. So, yeah, even minus two, Pete, if you look into back Liverpool, first game of the season, they were 12 days out. I'd back them now because you know there's going to be a rush of money on them on game day. That line probably go up to two and a quarter. So, yeah, if you want the best of the number here, you've got to back Liverpool now. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, West Ham, Man City, the, the Saturday um, uh, lunchtime game. Recent head-to-heads, West Ham are 1-1. There's been one draw. City have won three. But, interestingly, in the last three, City have scored four goals, winning 4-0 twice and 4-1 once. West Ham at home to top six finishing sides. It's it's a reasonable record. They've won three, drawn four, lost three. Obviously, their Achilles heel, obviously, is Man City. Man City away at mid-table sides, one seven, drawn two, lost one. I don't see any real value in the line. And if you look at the stats, the basic stats, you'd fancy West Ham to cover this line, one and three quarters. But obviously, Man City are, are a different proposition against them. I think I'm going to avoid this game. Yeah, as you say, the, the the bear stats point towards West Ham, but the head-to-head stats suggest that Man City just have a way, especially at the London Stadium, of picking the hammers apart. I mean, I think if, if you're going to back either team here, the line move between one and three quarters and one and a half, which is bouncing around, um, is probably key, really. If you're going to back West Ham, you, you really need that one and three quarter. You need that extra quarter of a goal comfort. And if you want a Batman City, you need to wait till the line hits minus one and a half. So, yeah, it's not a game that I'm interested in at all, Pete, really. And I think there are better games from a, a visual perspective that they could have picked for that first game this yeah. weekend. But hey-ho, that's, that's the uh, TV company's choice. Bournemouth versus Sheffield United next. Uh, Sheffield United obviously newly promoted. Bournemouth have got a very good record at home to promoted sides. 1-7, drawn 2, lost 1. When we're looking at promoted uh, sides uh, against uh, mid-table finishing sides in the first six games uh, in the last five seasons, promoted sides have 1-8, drawn 9, lost 24. So they've, they've lost 24 of 41. Bournemouth look reasonable value here, minus half a goal. I I think that could be a decent bet. Yeah, this line's another one that's been bouncing around between the minus three quarters and the minus a half. As soon as I saw it, Pete, when it opened up at minus three quarters, I thought, I'm not going to trust this Bournemouth team until I've seen them this season, minus three quarters. The line's moved down to minus a half even before I've done any research. And as soon as I've done my research, I've had a little bit of a U-turn here thinking, crikey, they've won seven of ten in this spot against the side. I mean, Pete, I'm not sure where Sheffield United's goals are going to come from. Mm. I think at four to five for relegation, I think that's a really good long-term bet if you want to tie your money up because I can see it always a way that you'll be able to trade out of that position because Sheffield United are going to struggle. They may survive, but if you're having a long-term bet, there will be sort of exit points where you can trade out. So, yeah, I think at minus a half, I think Bournemouth are a a reasonable bet against a team that I think we're really going to struggle to score goals. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Sheffield United. I, I they're my favourites to go down. Actually, I, I think that's a good bet for survive. I didn't I didn't realise that that they were that that's good. Yeah, and I think what, even even if say they make a good start, 
can you envisage them getting to 45, 47 points and being really safe come March, April yes. time? No, I think they're always going to be in that sort of relegation scrap. So you'll always have an exit point, I think. Uh, next up, Burnley against Southampton. Two teams who had a poor season last season. The recent head-to-heads, Burnley's won two. There's been two draws. Southampton won not. At home to uh, bottom half sides, uh, Burnley's record reads 1-4, drawn 2, lost 4. And away at bottom half sides, Southampton's record's not too bad. They've won 4, drawn 3, lost 3. My ratings are suggesting that there's some decent value back in Burnley here, but I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. L- looking at the last uh, five seasons where bottom half sides have played bottom half finishing sides in the first six games of the season, uh, the record reads home 56, away uh, away 44 and draw 41. So there's nothing to separate really. The game is off scratch, no bet for me. I mean, for a team like Southampton who finished in sort of like the bottom third of the table last season to be priced up as scratch away from home first game it is in some ways quite remarkable. But I think it sort of makes the point that Burnley have to do everything perfectly. Sean Dyche is a very good manager, but every decision he makes, every transfer he brings in on a limited budget, etc., he, he almost has to maximise everything he does. There's no margin for error. And I think that's where the bookmakers are, are get once again taking that chance that maybe everything won't be done perfectly at Burnley this season. If I was going to bet this game off of the scratch line, I think if I was wanting to back Burnley, I'd be taking them on the draw, no bet. But if I was taking Southampton, I'd probably be a little bit more keen to take some risk on and probably back them out right at about 19 to 10. Um, under two and a half goals is seven and one in the last eight meetings of the side. So under two and a quarter goals possibly looks a play. We know how tactically um, Dyche will set up. He'll be quite cautious. So there could be a little bit of value there, but... It's going to be a long, tough season, I think, for Burnley. And I think Southampton might surprise a few people there. Who knows, eh? First day, anything can happen. Yeah. Palace against Everton next. Uh, draw bias in this game. There's been three draws in the last five meetings. Everton have won two. Palace at home, and I I use this this term uh, fairly vaguely, against top-half finishing sides, 1-1, drawn three, lost six. Everton away at mid-table sides, fairly poor, really. 1-2, drawn three, lost five. Again, first six games of the season, mid-table hosting top half. They've won 24 home home sides have. There's been 30, 36 draws and away teams have won 49. But obviously, you've got to remember these are top half sides. So that includes your likes of Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal, uh, Manchester United, etc. No bet here uh, for me. I, I, I feel I feel though that Palace. I, I think they they could. Could be a reasonable bet for a top ten place. I think they're about three to one to finish in the top ten. I know they're not going to finish in probably the top eight, but I think they're a reasonable bet. You never know. Well, he's a wily old character, is why. Yeah. You know, he'll tactically they'll be set up very well. They won't leak goals. And, you know, half the battle against the bottom half of this league is not making those silly errors that cost you points and and grinding games and taking things when you probably don't deserve it. I think Everton will possibly kick on this season. I was disappointed in how they started last year's campaign. I think Palace and everything, we're two weeks out now, and obviously Wilfred Sahar, there's a lot of transfer talk, even talk of him going to Everton, possibly even lining up in a blue shirt in this game. So 
And he's a very important player for Palace. If you run the numbers through of their performances when he's not in the team, he is so influential. I think there's a stat out there saying sort of points per game. He's the most influential player in the league when he's not in the team. So if he does go, it'll be interesting to see how they replace him. But for this game, Pete, as you say, I'm clueless here. I haven't got Scooby-Doo what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, pass for me, mate. Yeah, another difficult game, really. Watford-Brighton, recent head-to-heads. Watford are 1-1. There's been one draw. Brighton have won none. At home to bottom six sides. Uh, Watford's record's not bad. 1-5, drawn three, lost two. Brighton away at mid-table, finishing sides. 1-2, drawn three, lost five. So not much really there. First six games, mid-table against bottom six in the last five seasons. Uh, There's been 35 home wins, 16 draws, 10 away wins. So it suggests there's maybe some slight value back in Watford, but no bet for me. Well, if I was back in this game or betting in this game, Pete, and I think Leicester are going to kick on a bit under Rodgers, then I think the 7-5 to for the home win is the side to take. I'm really excited to see how Rodgers does it. This is Watford against Brighton we're talking about. Oh, mate. (laughs) Oh, crikey, Watford Brighton, what am I talking about? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm getting so excited. Um, yeah, I think Brighton are going to struggle this season. And I think they got a little bit ahead of themselves last season when Hewton, um got sacked. They brought Graham Potter in. And I think Potter, let me just check, he is 8-1 to one to be the first manager to be sacked. Now, if he doesn't start very well, I think... Brighton might get a little bit uneasy and, and Potter may actually get the sack for actually the, the board's decision to sack Hewton too soon, if you know what I mean. They may panic. Grazia last season, fantastic. They've done really well, Watford. They seem to have found a sort of a level of stability that they haven't had for a number of seasons. They're chopped and changed for a number of years and now maybe they find the man that can drive them towards that top 10. So, Minus a half, Pete. I think Watford a decent bet here. Uh, next up, uh, Spurs against Villa. Uh, recent head-to-head, Spurs are 1-1, Villa are 1-1. Spurs are home promoted sides. Very good record. 1-9, drawn naught, lost one. They've won five of these uh, nine victories by two or more goals. Uh, promoted sides uh, versus top six, as we've seen before in the first six games. one naught, drawn five, lost 21. Lost 17 by two or more. That's obviously the line is minus one and a half here. So that's interesting, losing 17 by two or more. However, my ratings are suggesting no value. I'm not as keen on this game as I am the the Liverpool-Norwich. So I'm going to leave this one alone. But I think Spurs are obviously fancied. Villa, though, have made investment. Yeah, they definitely have. And uh, until Wolves um, ended that run last season, I used to trot the stat out about Pochettino against uh, newly promoted sides. Incredible. They are now an overall 27-2-1 under Pochettino. But were Wolves properly a newly promoted side last season? We saw how well they did. At home, they're 14-0-1 Spurs. So, again, that loss was to Wolves. But on this line of minus one and a half, they're only seven and eight. So, despite them being almost impregnable, I love that word, it's a big word, <laughs> they, they can't seem to smash teams. Now, is it because they they can't or maybe they don't want to because they've got so much faith in their defensive backline that once they get ahead in games to teams of a lower standard, they're quite happy to sit on the lead. So, I mean, the goal line has trended down from three goals to two and three quarters. 
But much of sort of if you want to back overs in two and three quarters, you kind of you kind of having to factor in Villa scoring, and I'm not convinced they will. So I'm going to pass this game completely, Pete. Next up on the Sunday, Leicester Wolves. Leicester won this fixture last year. Interesting stats here. Leicester at home to top half sides. Good record, really. Won four, drawn two, lost four. But Wolves away at mid-table finishing sides. Won five, drawn one, lost one. That's an incredible record. I'm really surprised by that. Uh, my racing suggests there's value uh, backing Leicester minus quarter goal. However, these are just stats suggest Wolves. I'm, I'm going to leave this game alone. I was surprised by those stats from Wolves. This is probably the part where I should talk about Watford Brighton, isn't it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm really excited as to see what Brendan Rodgers is going to do at the King Power. I think he's probably the best manager that they could hope to, to get on board, Pete, don't you think? Yes, I do, yeah. yeah. I don't think there's, there's a, a coach of any greater calibre than Rodgers that will go to Leicester. I think he'll fit in nicely with the players and the personnel that he's already got. And I know this... Moving on further down the season, Wolves are going to have issues with their Europa League campaign. I know that's not going to come into this game, but I think the 7-5 on the home win, if Rodgers can sort of use the summer to further implement his systems, because we saw them improve greatly towards the end of last season, I think the 7-5 for the home win is not the worst bet about this weekend or next weekend. No, no, I possibly agree with you there. That, that It seems reasonable price. Yeah, I think even on the minus minus a quarter, um, you know, there's that that can sort of minimise your risk a little bit. But yeah, I've actually got quite high hopes for Leicester this season, Pete. Newcastle against Arsenal next two, well, two basket cases you could say really, couldn't you? I mean, Newcastle <laughs> recent Etes, Newcastle one one, Arsenal one three. But I mean, incredible Newcastle at home to top six finishing sides. They've got a reasonable record. They've won four and lost six. Amazing to think that Newcastle have won four of these ten matches. Arsenal away at mid-table finishing size, very poor, really. Won three, draw one, lost six. Again, I'm looking at the first six games where mid-table size have host top six sides in the last five seasons. Home sides have won 11. There's been 19 draws. Away sides have won 35. I think these stats basically sum up the match. I think Arsenal probably are deserved favourites. But with these stats, you just can't trust them. What's the current line, Pete? Um, Arsenal plus, I think it was Arsenal minus a half, but is it Arsenal minus a quarter? Let me just have a look. I, th- I mean, I think it's really bouncing around. My Arsenal minus a quarter, I think you've probably got to seriously consider getting in- involved because, as you say, Newcastle are a complete basket case. I mean, who knows what Mrs. Doubtfire is going to do there in charge now because, I mean, Steve Bruce has had so many goals at being a really good manager and, he, and he's not taken any of them. Arsenal um, minus a half. Minus a half. Yeah. yeah, I mean, minus a half away, first game of the season, I probably wouldn't want to get involved, especially with the, the known defensive issues that Arsenal always have. Um, the sort of fortress mentality that you get at St James's Park early in the season. I wouldn't be back in Newcastle, that's for certain, but I certainly wouldn't be trusting any of my hard-earned money with Arsenal. Be interesting to see how Arsenal go this season, Pete. I don't know what your thoughts are, but uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. No, I, I don't think they're going to get in the top four. No. No, but but we we shall see. What about right? the top six? Yes, I think they will there. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I'll mention it now. I mean, I think there's three teams that are vulnerable. Three big teams, Man U, Chelsea, Arsenal. 
personally, I think they are potentially vulnerable if the likes of Leicester and Wolves kick on. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, Man United-Chelsea, big game of the weekend. Uh, United have got a reasonable record here. 1-2, drawn 3, Chelsea 1-0. At home to top six sides, Man United's record reads 1-4, drawn 3, lost 3. Away at top six sides, Chelsea's record ain't so great recently. They've won 1-1, drawn 3, lost 6. Interesting last five seasons when top six sides meet each other in the first six games of the season. Very split. Home teams won 19, 18 draws, away teams won 14. There is a strong draw bias here. 18 of those uh, 50, 51 matches, you know, finished a draw. I think, you know, I three draws for the last five, Man United, Chelsea. I would have to say that I, I do quite like um, Chelsea plus a quarter here. I think it's going to be a really interesting season for both of these teams. I don't think it's going to be a particularly good one for either of them. I think there's a lot of questions at Old Trafford. Um, talk about Graham Potter at 8-1. to one. Well, the favourite to get the, the boot first, as as you'd say, is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at 6-1. to one. So, I mean, there's a lot of negativity floating around Man United. They're trying to get rid of some of the big hitters that are taking up the wages and sort of bringing the place down. But they've not been overly successful in doing that. For Chelsea, it's sort of the opposite. They can't bring anybody in. And I think that would be a good thing for Frank Lampard. It would give him a little bit of breathing space. And I'll be honest, Pete, I'm not sure he'd have taken the job if there wasn't this transfer embargo, because I think there might almost be too much expectation on him if he could bring players in. But now he's going to have to work with what he's got, blood some of the youngsters and and really show his mettle as a coach, as opposed to just somebody who can championship manager and click a few buttons and buy some players in. I think he's going to have to show his spurs on the uh, on the training field. So I'm not going to disagree with you, Pete. Chelsea, plus a quarter. I think they might surprise a few people because I think Lampard will bring them more together than they've been for a number of years. Um, I definitely won't be trusting Man United until I've seen them play, that's for certain. Right, let's have a look at this week's card then. I, I, I definitely like Liverpool minus two goals. I, I can't believe I'm saying a home side minus two goals, but I, I do like Liverpool minus two, and I also like Bournemouth minus a half. They're going to be my two picks for this week. I also do think that Chelsea will avoid defeats at Manchester United. Well, I'm definitely going to agree with you on the first two, Pete, in terms of if you want to back Bournemouth or you want to back Liverpool, do it now. Get that best of that price, because let's put it this way. Liverpool aren't going to go to minus one and three quarters and Bournemouth aren't going to go to minus a quarter. They're only going to trend against you. So if you like them, back them now. I am probably struggling, bar that, Pete, for anything. I might take a little bit of the unders at Burnley, but I'll be perfectly honest, I haven't really got anything firmed up. Have you got any long, longer-term bets that you like at all? Yeah, yeah, I... I, I... I sort of had a look at the markets. I mean, I, I think really going through the let's go go through the Premiership quickly. I think I think the two teams, Liverpool, Manchester City, are going to be ahead of the rest again. I do fancy Man City to sort of win it again, and then I think Spurs and and, and Chelsea will bring up with with Arsenal, Manchester United fifth and sixth. I, I, I see no real change there because there is again this gap, as you say. You don't know what's going to happen with Everton, Wolves, Leicester. They 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 are obviously. I think Crystal Palace could be the best of the rest, you know, to, to, to get it that top 10 place. I do like them for, for a, I think they're a bit of value. Going down, I see no nothing. Sheffield United, Norwich and Brighton. Yeah, I think Brighton are in a lot of trouble. 
I, I think they panicked in getting rid of Hewton. Uh, God knows what Potter's going to do. I say I like him at 8-1 to one to be the first one to get the bullet because, you know, if they lose or get only one or two points in their opening six or seven games, panic stations are going to gonna occur there. Uh, for on that first day, um, Liverpool minus two um, shows how strong the market feels about them. I think they're going to have a really good season. Um, I'm not sure they can play any better or get any more points. And I think there could be quite a bit of regression with Liverpool in terms of the fact that the Klopp style over time can wear his players out. And they haven't really brought many in. So I see quite a bit of a regression in points for Liverpool. Don't really see the same for Man City because they almost have two lineups they can interchange. So I see City winning the league by probably six or seven points this season. I do think there's a, there's a possibly a place up for grabs in that top six because one of Man U, Chelsea or Arsenal, I think, may falter. Chelsea possibly through no fault of their own. I mean, they've sold the best player. They've got two of the best young players out injured for a long time. So Lampard's really going to have to, like I said before, show his mettle on the coaching side of things. But I think Leicester are nine to two, and Wolves and Everton are both six to one or bigger to break into that top six. So that could be a little bit of interest. But I think it's going to be a great season, Pete. Yes, yeah, it should be. Again, it, it, there'll be interesting. Like say that you've got the top two, you've got the the, the top four to get in the top four, and then you've got the you know the relegation. I think it'll be yes, it will be. I mean, you've probably got almost four leagues within the yes, league. Yes. Right, that uh, that does it for us. And uh, we shall speak to you uh, next time. Best of luck, everybody.